Good to see everybody. Go ahead and grab a seat there. Hey, as you're doing that, would you please help me welcome to the stage three of our amazing youth students. Come on. Two of which I am extremely biased because they're my daughters. So um, we, uh, this last this last week, we had uh, our youth group go to a camp, and uh, many of you contributed towards that. We wanted an opportunity for you guys to hear a little bit about what God did during that thing. And so I asked these guys to uh, come in to bear uh, testimony this morning. I sprung it upon them, literally in the middle of worship. I was like, hey, why don't you jump on stage and share what God did? And um, if, if you don't know what had happened here, the last, um, uh, our youth students went on a, what was called a summer camp, but was truly a missions trip. Uh, it was local, and uh, for six hours every day, they would go to trailer parks and pour out and love on uh, kids that were um, needing some attention, needing to hear about Jesus. And, and so our students rallied around them, did vacation Bible school with them, loved on them, did projects as well, um, you know, painting, cleaning, all that kind of stuff, and uh, they were amazing. And so um, I had two questions for these guys to share. One was, what was most significant for you? And the second was, where did you see God touch and move and, uh, on, in the youth group and in that place? So who wants to go first? I, I will go first. <laughs> all right, Hope, what was the most significant thing that... Uh, you experienced that trip. What was most significant to you? Well, the children, because they literally they shared their lives with us, and we were able to prophesy over them. It was extremely humbling, and my heart just became so thankful for my home and my family. Oh, come on. So as you're pouring out, it lit your heart up full of love at the same time. You're pouring out into them, and they were getting impact, but you too were getting impact. That's amazing. Come on. So what, what about you, Ava? We'll pass the mic to you. What, what was most significant for you on this trip? Um, all of it, but, like, the kids especially. Like, they, like, they made me realize how lucky and just wonderful my family is and just wow. how lucky I am to, like, I'll live in I'll pay you later house. for that. That was great. <laughs> Just how lucky I am to live in a house where God is everywhere, where we just get yeah. to experience things like this, like, all day. But they, they never, like, most of the kids, they had never even heard of God. Like, wow. they didn't know anything about him. You were telling me that there was um, several of them that received Jesus and were even asking for, like, Bibles and stuff afterwards. Yeah, there was, like, there was, like, three or four kids that, like, at the end of camp, they were like, I want a Bible so that I can, like. I can, like, pray, and I can have, like, a relationship with him. Come on. So awesome. What about you? Yeah, come on. What about you, Aurora? What was most significant? Um, definitely the connections I made with all the children and the, uh, the other youth students. Just, yeah, tell me about that. What happened there? Um, well, just at the beginning of the trip, like, it was clear that some of the kids didn't really want to be there necessarily. Are you students? Yeah, yeah good well, job, no, parents. No, no, just no. made them go. Wait, That's wait, great. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. The, 
kids at the trailer park. Oh, okay, I see. Right. You weren't um, talking about you. You didn't. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. No, but so the kids, kids yeah. at the kids that you guys were hanging out with that you're ministering to, they some of them didn't want to be there. Yeah, like yeah. they, like they were definitely having a hard time, and yeah. like, it, like they didn't really know how to really interact with us. But being able to hang out with them and like how like see their walls like start to break down and like yeah. um, just being able to form connections with them, it was just it was really special. That's amazing. Yeah. I, there was several of the students received like notes from the kids. These are four-year-olds to twelve-year-olds. That was the the group of kids that were they were um, hanging out with at the at these. Um, trailer parks, but uh, they were writing notes to you guys saying, oh, please come back, and, you know, yeah. just things that uh, expressed care, right? What about the God stuff? What else? I mean, God was in all that, yeah. but what was, what stood out to you as where you saw Jesus touch somebody's life? What was, could have been in the students too, our, our group, not just. Um, well, before camp, the, the youth, like, itself, we just all had, like, our separate groups, and, like, we were, sure. like, oh, we're going to pray with this group, like, every week, and we're, like, we're friends with this group, but at the, like, at the end of camp, we were all one big group, and we're all praying together, Come we're on. all prophesying together. It was, like, it was just, and, and it touched my heart, like, a lot. That's awesome. Yay. What about you, Hope? There was, there was like, so much revival and prophecy and worship. Like, you can feel the presence of God and the fire in everyone. And it was just, it was so amazing. The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit was there. And he was, he was showing up in people's hearts and, like, touching them. It was so emotional, too, but. <laughs> Yay, come on. <laughs> what about yeah. you, Aurora? Where'd you see Jesus moving? Um, definitely, like, doing worship. Like the Because you guys would spend time worshiping each night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was very powerful and uh, like always by the end of it, everyone was just always praying and like prophesying over each other. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was really powerful. Come on. Yeah. And did you guys personally like encounter the Lord on this trip? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Definitely. your hearts get changed and yeah. set on fire. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Well, so this is what we're going to do. I, I'm springing this on you, too, but I'm going to have you guys pray for us as a community, okay? That wasn't in the <laughs> I know. It wasn't part of the deal. Don't worry. We're, we won't bite. We'll just receive, okay? So I want you just to lead out, and uh, one of you, which one of you is going to pray for us? Ready? Uh, okay. All right, Aurora, can you pray for us? All right, guys, receive. Let's receive from the Lord. Okay. Yeah. Lord, thank you for this amazing community that we have. Yeah. And I just ask that you will fill each and every one in this room with your presence and watching online, that they will be so full that like it starts to spill out. And um, I just ask that you will encounter each and every one, yeah. that um, they will be so full with your love and that, um, that, that you will encounter them like we got encountered on this trip. That... They will be prompted to go out and help others too. That um, everyone that's around them will just see their light, and like they will be attracted to it, and will like they will be like, <laughs> "Hey, wait, what, what is going on here? Why, why are they experiencing this?" And they'll want to know you. And I, I just bless them. And amen. 
Amen. Amen. Come on. Thank you, guys. Way to go. Way to go. All right. Thank you, guys. Yeah, if you have a youth student, you should have them lay hands on you and pray for you. If you get a chance to connect with them, ask questions, because they all really did encounter the Lord really powerfully. So, uh, Y'all, there's so much going on in the world right now. God's on the move. We got our team back from Burundi. Where is M? M is right here. The, would you stand up for a second, M? I, this, okay. M is, yeah. She's in Brazil where she is, has an after-school program where they are loving on uh, endangered kids. And how many kids you got in the program right now, Em? So how many is that total then? We have like 80 kids now. So 80 kids they're ministering to every day. These are, these are kids in, in really challenging environments. And uh, their team, Em and their team, are pouring out every day, loving on them, leading them in worship, leading them in encounters with the Lord, teaching them as well, and, and pouring into their lives. And this community, you guys rallied around Em and adopted many of those students to uh, 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 sow into their lives and to, to take care of the cost financially. And uh, Em said that you added 16 more. We added 16, 16 teenagers now. Okay, so 16 additional teenagers since... Yeah, since you guys were pouring in, they were able to expand the program even more. So it matters, guys. They're, they, they're seeing salvations and signs and wonders. This is a regular thing. Uh, the team just came back from Burundi where they were doing crusades where they're leading. Dave, I don't even know. How many people do you think were in those, those crowds? Thousands and thousands, right? So many people come into the Lord. God's on the move in our day. Okay, you guys are the ones that sowed into these things and helped to make these things take place, happen, right? Every one of us has is, is got stake in the game. We, we are sowing into these things and we're a part of it, you know, and the extension of the kingdom isn't just meant to be, you know, on stages. The extension of the kingdom happens in real life where we saw our kids, they were just hanging out with other kids and we're seeing the light of Jesus transform environments. That's you. You know, that's you and your normal neighborhood and your relationships and your job. It's not meant to be just a missions trip. It's meant to be life. Okay, now, we're going to go after some things today. And uh, in the first service, like I said, at the end, we gave a little bit of an altar call. I'm giving you a heads up because uh, God started moving and bringing conviction. And the power of God started falling on people. And there's some, some shifting and, you know, rattling and shaking going on. Okay, because God's fire wants to remove everything that hinders. Okay, and, and so I'm inviting you today to get real with the Lord. Okay, when I close my eyes to pray right now, now is your chance to bolt if you need to run. Okay, all right, but other than that, buckle up, buttercup, we're in it. All right, you ready? Okay, would you just join me in prayer right now? All right, I'll even turn around, all right. Lord, I thank you. I thank you right now by your spirit that you would unveil the risen Christ, that we would see Jesus more fully, that our hearts would be awakened, that we'd recognize who you are, Lord Jesus, in the midst of us, and your spirit manifesting your kingdom among us and how it advances in every sphere of influence, in every, Lord, uh, uh, situation, no matter the class.
class of person, no matter the job, no matter the, Lord, the, the, the places they grew up or the places they've ascended to. Lord, all of it, you're touching. We invite you, Holy Spirit, would you come right now and breathe on each one. Oh, Lord, let the fire of heaven touch and illuminate hearts. Enlighten the eyes of our heart. Lord, give a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Enlighten the eyes of our heart that we might see Jesus. Enlighten the eyes of our heart. Drive our perspective of darkness, our ignorance, out of our heart. Let us see fully. God, I thank you for this. Lord, I bless our time together that it would be fruitful. Lord, enable me, help me, Lord, to communicate clearly what you have put on my heart to speak. Lord, I thank you for that. Pray these things in Jesus' name. If you agreed with that, you said, amen. All right. Um, Nicole and I were watching a documentary, sports documentary. Uh, anybody like sports documentaries? Okay, how many competitors do I have in here? People that like to compete. Wow. Seriously? Okay, how many people don't like competition? Okay. How many people are not going to raise your hand no matter what I say right now? About another third. Yeah, it was like one third each. Okay. Um, so we're competitors in our house. Okay, I like to compete. The thing is, is that I hate board games. And the reason is because there's an equal chance for other people to win. I don't like that. Okay. I like chess. Chess is a one-on-one -on -one sport, right? And, uh, and, and I'm decent at chess, and so I dominate my children. Okay, when my kids begin to get better at it, they watch tutorials online. They, like, are learning how to play chess. Okay, when I catch that, even, it doesn't matter how what age you are, okay? I have a seven-year-old that is learning how to play chess. She's actually pretty good. Okay, I stopped playing. Because <laughs> there's a chance that she's going to win. It's just not going to happen, okay? Right? Uh, I like, I want to win. I like that competitive edge. I enjoy that stuff. I like the tension of it. I, I just, everything about it, I really enjoy it, okay? So that's, that's who I am. Just a little confession here. I feel better. I hope you do too. Um, that competitive thing, you know, I enjoy the sports documentary because it unveils, like, what's behind the scenes in competitors. You know, and the, the one that we were watching was on the New York, the New York Yankees and Derek Jeter. And, uh, and they were telling his story, and it's a recent one. And we were watching this thing, and there was a statement that he made, though, that stuck out to me. And it's the th kind of the thing that I want to talk to us about today. And it was this, that he was talking about his fame and the way that it changed the people that were around him. He was talking about his opportunity and how he, as he was elevated and he became kind of more influential, how the people around him he couldn't trust anymore because... They all wanted something from him. And so he would feel the pressure of a new person. And he'd always ask the question. He'd say, why is this person in my life? What is it they want? Didn't matter how nice somebody was or how like, authentic the relationship felt. The question at the end of the day was, what do they want from me? Well, that's kind of a telling thing. You know, you see this in, uh, we, we watch this like the, the, <laughs> the reason that a person would want to stay anonymous when they win the lottery. Why? 
Because suddenly everybody wants something from them, right? Because they have something to give, and we're, there's a motive. There's a hidden agenda, there's a, and it doesn't show up until you have something. Now, can you imagine the type of pressure that was on Jesus? I mean, if someone like Derek Jeter can say that he doesn't make any new friends because they all have a hook, they all have an agenda. What about Jesus? Can you imagine the type of social pressure Jesus must have felt? I want you just to try it on for a second. You can heal anybody. You walk into a room and everybody can get cured of cancer. You have unending provision at your fingertips. You can do anything. Jesus could do anything. He shows up at somebody who's paralyzed house and he just goes, hey, get up. <laughs> and they do. Right? So he, he walks up to a leper. Leper's got a, a type of skin disease that's rotting the flesh off of them. Body parts are falling off. And Jesus walks up and touches them and cleanses them. And that doesn't just mean the disease leaves. He restores them. Can you imagine a hand growing back? Now you're in the room and you have a disease. What kind of hook do you have in you to get to Jesus? See, I think we feel this sometimes. I think we know that he can do everything. And so something in us arises. An appetite shows up. And the appetite is what I want to talk to you about today. The appetite to see things accomplished according to your will, according to your desire, no matter how pure they feel to you, that thing has got to die. Your greatest idea about change and transformation and how good it would be if you just had all the power and you could do everything, that idea has to die. I'm sorry, but your version of the kingdom is so far short of what the real thing is. You can't be put in charge because you would turn it into something it's not. No matter how pure you think your motive is, it's not. And you got to admit it. we got to come to the conclusion that if I gave you an unending budget, you wouldn't know what to do with it. Yes, I would. I'd spend it on my wanton pleasure. Yes, I would. I would go and I'd finance everything I want to finance and I'd get stuff done and I'd, yeah, that's a nice idea. Can I tell you that it is perverted at the core? It's rotten. Who am I, who's, who am I preaching to over there? I got to know. Yes, ma'am. All right. Come on. You know, there's seats up front. Yeah. I want, I, want you, I want you to sit in the front from now on, please. Sit right there. The first service was mad at me for half the service. Don't worry, you'll get there too. But we're, we're laughing first, so it's good. Okay. I, I, I did warn everybody before, like, I'll offend you pretty quick here, and that's not the worst of it. We're going deep today. Motives are tricky. Motives are tricky. Motives are something that we wrestle with. And, and we like to believe that they're pure, but they're not. And if you'll just receive that, if you'll accept it, you go, okay, no matter my best idea at the core of it, there's something selfish there. And it needs to be exposed to the light. 
I have to let the Lord touch it. It has to come to the light. It has to be exposed. Motives are a tricky thing. You know, Jesus lived in a moment of history that was a transitional time, a major transition in world history. The old covenant is about to be done away with. The end of the system of worship that Moses had instilled was coming to an end. Jesus said within one generation, all these things will come to pass. You will see not one stone left on top of the other concerning the temple. The old covenant system is coming to an end. It was called the day of the Lord. And within 70 years after Christ resurrects from the dead, Rome comes in and absolutely destroys and ends the Jewish civilization. It's done. The day of the Lord brought an end to the old covenant worship system. It's done. The New Testament writers were talking to the believers and warning them, the day of the Lord's coming, so when you see these things, get the heck out of Jerusalem. You know what it said in history? The history books report that no believers died. No believers died. They all knew that it was coming because of all the warnings, and they fled Jerusalem when they saw the signs coming. Now, I'm not getting into your eschatology today, but I'd like to propose to you today that Jesus lived at a really critical moment in history. A transition point. The coming of the Lord changed everything. He set up a covenant for us to walk in where we would have relationship with God outside of the sacrificial system because he became the ultimate sacrifice. He fulfilled the law and the prophets. Are you alive? Transitional point. Jesus has all this pressure and people are coming to realize he's the Messiah. He's the prophet to come. Woo! All the pressure's building. Did you know that we live in a day right now that God chose you to live in this moment of history where there is such transition around us, y'all? A metamorphosis. The ending of one thing, the birth of something else. The day always gets darker right before the dawn. Always does. A lot of pain and turmoil in the world right now. Why? Because something's being given birth to. And God chose you to live during this time. Okay? Influence. Provision. Power. Authority. He's wanting to put it in your hands. He's wanting you to be a vessel that he can pour his glory into so that when you show up at the PTA meeting, okay, when you show up in your neighborhood and there's, people are grilling out that the light of heaven is shining into the lives of people that have no hope and don't know how to interpret the days and don't know what to do, that you are showing up in your workplace where there's crisis and they don't know how to handle whatever's going on and blah, blah, blah. And there you are filled with light and hope and anticipation for good. And not only that, you're connected to the unending river of heaven where there is wisdom. God sent you into those transitional moments. 
And he's looking for you to manifest his kingdom in those places. But just like Jesus, your heart motive needs to be exposed. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, it says that he fasted for 40 days, and then he was led into the wilderness. So what? Does anybody know? He could be tempted. Temptation was the proving ground of his heart motive. That was the point. And the devil offered him a few things. He offered him provision. Said, do this, and you know, your, your retirement fund is set up. You don't have to think about it again. You're provided for. You'll never have want again. He promised protection. Oh, the angels, man. They'll take care of you. You're never going to have to worry about anything. Provision, protection. And then what was the last thing that he offered him? Ah, promotion. Worship me, I'll set you up. You'll be my number two. Come on. Provision, protection, promotion. You get to live above the fray. You, you, you get to live your life in such a way that you don't have to worry about what everybody else is going through because you're set up and you get to make decisions that affect other people and you get to feel powerful and in your power, you'll get to influence and in your influence, you'll be God's boy. You'll be God's girl and you get to do good in the world and man, that feels good, doesn't it? Woo, I got enough resources to not have to worry about it. I just get to do good. I, I don't got to worry about fear or me being injured or I'm totally protected and isolated. And not only that, but I'm influential. Doesn't that sound like the, that's the God dream? No, it's the American temptation. No, it's the American temptation. It is the very thing that was tempted to Jesus that laid his heart open. It's the very thing being offered to the body of Christ right now. You want power? Woo! Vote here. You want influence? Woo! Just do this. Hey, I know what we should do. We should set up a 401k so we don't have to think about generational inheritance because I can just spend it on myself. I don't need to worry about protection. I live in a nation with the most powerful weaponry in the world. Y'all. We're at a crossroads in history right now. And I want to believe that we're going to rise to the occasion. I do. I believe you're called for such a time as this. That ain't rhetoric for me. I really believe it. I think God sent you into that workplace. I think God positioned you in that neighborhood. You're trying to get up and out. No, you should maybe transform it. I, I, I think God absolutely, he wants to bless you, but he doesn't want to bless you so that you have to, so that you get to just now not have to think about it. No, no, he wants you to be so connected into it. You're a part of it. It's flowing through you. Resource isn't just in a bank account. Listen, Jesus doesn't need your money. The kingdom doesn't need your money. I'll get a job and I'll make lots of money so I can do kingdom things. Hook. 
You're believing a lie. Jesus has got to pay taxes. What's he do? He goes, hey, Peter, um, would you go catch a fish for us? Do you know that he had standing next to him the purse of money? He could have just dipped into his resource and paid the taxes. But instead, he sends Peter down to the lake to cast a line to catch a fish to pay the taxes. Why? Because your needs are meant to flow from heaven. It's not just, there's a something divine. God wants to unhook you from the world system and set you free to be his actual servant. Okay, end of intro. Here we go, ready? We're going to do a mini-series today. It's going to be great. John 6. John chapter 6. Fantastic chapter, by the way. So amazing. I mean, we got everything from provision that's crazy to Jesus walking on water to him losing everything all in a chapter. It's awesome. Here we go. Ready? After these things, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Sea of Galilee is a lake, by the way. We call it a sea, but it's an eight by 10 mile lake. Getting smaller, by the way. We do have a water issue in this world, and we should figure it out. Let the glory of the Lord transform your brain to figure that out for us. That would be amazing. A large crowd followed him because they saw signs which he was performing on those who were sick. So the large crowd gathered because the sick are being healed. Jesus went up on the mountain. I've been to this place, by the way. I have a rock from this place in my office, a little pebble. Such a powerful place. He went up on the mountain. It's really a hill that just overlooks the lake. The Passover feast of the Jews was near. Therefore, Jesus, lifting up his eyes and seeing the large crowd was coming to him, said to Philip, hey, <laughs> I love this. Where are we going to buy some bread so these guys can eat? Don't you love, I love spontaneous leadership. 5,000 men, probably more women and children, right? It's a big crowd. All right? I mean, look at this room here. This is like three or 400 people. This is not 5,000. 5,000 people. And Jesus leans over to his guy and goes, hey, where are you going to get food for all these people? <laughs> no ownership himself. He's just like, hey. I love that. I do that to our staff all the time. Hey, what, what are you going to do about all that? He was saying this to test him, for he himself knew what he was intending to do. Philip answered and said, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for everyone to even receive a bite, a little bit. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a lad here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what are these to so many? And Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was a lot of grass in that place, so the men sat down in numbers about 5,000. Jesus took the loaves, he gave thanks, he distributed to them where they were seated, and like also the fish, as much as they wanted. Everyone say, as much as they wanted. Isn't that awesome? When heaven's provision comes, you will be satisfied. Okay, if you're still not satisfied, even though you, you got more, you probably did it, not heaven. I, there's going to be a lot of little punches today. I'm sorry, Austin. I, just get the tape. Get the tape. Get the uh, podcast, something. Just go back and listen. 
I'm not going to be able to repeat myself. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets of fragments afterwards, the five barley loaves that were left over and on the fish as well. Therefore, when the people saw the sign, everyone say, saw the sign. They said, this is truly the prophet who came into the world. This is the guy. Jesus, perceiving that they were intending to come and take him by force to make him king, withdrew again to the mountain by himself alone. You know, I wonder what happens to the heart of a believer today when they have a viral moment. Seems like when something gets popular, instead of stepping away to make sure the motive is pure, we lean into it to try to become famous. Look at how Jesus responds. When when he saw, oh, you're recognizing me as Messiah and king. You're trying to make me king, okay? I got to get out of here. Why? Because you want to make me king because I fed you. The people envisioned Jesus supernaturally providing for their needs, and that's why they wanted him as king. The people imagined their own personal Jesus who would answer their appetites or prayers and lead their nation to prosperity, and so they voted him in. You uncomfortable yet? Man, it ain't. We're not even close. It's awesome. Why does Jesus pull away from this crowd? Why does he get away from it quickly? He sent the disciples across the sea on their own. Later on, he's going to walk, by the way, on the water. He gets the disciples out of there. What's Jesus do? He goes up on the mountain, talk to his father, get some perspective They're trying to make him king, which is what he's called to do. He's called to be king. But the reason they want to make him king is because he's providing for them. They have a hook in them. They're not making him king because he's king. They're making him king because they provided for them. They're not making him king because of the signs they saw. They're making him king because he filled their bellies. This is a super important moment because it's the same moment that happens in Jesus' life earlier. He recognizes it. It's foul. He's on a mountain. And the people are like, hey, we'll make you king. All you got to do is, you know, turn these rocks into bread. We'll make you king. All you got to do is protect us from Rome, which is what they wanted. They wanted Jesus to step up and deliver them from their oppressors. Make Israel great again. They were asking Jesus to be king because of what the idea of the outcome would be. Because they had a hook in them. It got quiet up in here, didn't it? Y'all, there is a revival of magnitude, a billion soul harvest that is waiting, we're on the edge of it, and God wants to use us. 
But the stuff in our hearts have got to come to the light. We got to get this exposed. You got to let him do some surgery on you today. You got to let him do some surgery on you, whether it's today or tomorrow, whatever. Listen, you can't escape now. I'm watching you. You can't run away right now, okay? You can't sneak out the back door. So even if you never come back to this church again because I ticked you off so bad, I know that you heard it. It's on you. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. What did the devil tempt him around? Provision, protection, promotion. When the crowd saw that Jesus was not there anymore, I love this. They go back to the spot. They're like, hey, where's our meal ticket? Where'd he go? When they saw, this is verse 24, that he wasn't there anymore, they themselves got into small boats, came to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. He's on the other side of the lake. When they found him on the other side, they said to him, whoa, hey, Rabbi, when'd you get here? Fancy meeting you. <laughs> Jesus answered him and said, truly, I say to you, you're seeking me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate loaves and were filled. Don't work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him the Father has set his seal. Jesus calls out their false motive. He points out their earthly desire and why they want to make him king. And when he shares what it actually costs them to make him king, they're out of there. Hear me out, okay? Hang in there, please. This might be one of the more important words that we've given here. Verse 59. He was teaching all this in the synagogue. What did he teach them? <laughs> I love this. This is great. Verse 48. I'm the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread which comes down out of heaven, so that one can eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats the bread, he'll live forever. The bread also which I give for the life of the world is in my flesh. When the Jews began arguing with one another, saying, How can this man give us his flesh? Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourself. <laughs> Can you imagine? He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I'll raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, my blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live because of the Father, he who eats me, he also will live because of me. How many times does Jesus have to repeat this statement? I'm already offended. This is disgusting. This is the bread of life which came out of heaven, not as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. These things he said in a synagogue. He preached it at church. Therefore, many of the disciples, when they heard this, they said, this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? Anybody else thinking that today? Yeah? I think that church down the road is looking better and better, dear. <laughs> Jesus was conscious that his disciples were grumbling, and he said to them, Does this cause you to stumble? I'm sorry, is this offensive to you? What then if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? 
It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I've spoken to you are spirit and are life. But there's some of you here who don't believe. Jesus knew from the beginning who they were, that they wouldn't believe. And even one that would betray him. And for this reason, I said to you, no one can come to me unless he has been granted him from the Father. That phrase, it's so wonderful. You know, every person has the opportunity to surrender to Jesus. You can right now receive the free gift of eternal life. You can receive forgiveness. I mean, right now. Confess him as Lord. Surrender your life. Receive forgiveness. He died for everybody. Man, that cup that we took early, it's for everybody. No one's being denied it. You all can have it. You can all. But can I tell you, if you want to go on the God adventure, it takes God. If you want to follow him. Like, listen, it profits your flesh nothing. In other words, this life isn't where you're going to get glory. Talk about protection. We're all like, yeah, his angels will protect you, right? So you don't have to worry about anything. All of his disciples were murdered. Man, where's that a part of the American dream? All of his disciples were murdered. Counting the cost is a part of this. You have to. Because it requires everything. This whole thing requires everything. Woe to the rich man because it's like a camel going through the eye of a needle. You have to let go of everything to receive. You're going to die. Die to yourself. We're holding a baptism next week. Do you know what that's about? That's about public execution. And we celebrate it because we're watching the old life be put in the grave. And what comes out of those waters is somebody who has left the sinful nature behind. The propensity to do things for themselves. It's gone. Now they want to live for God. That's the reason that we've been baptized. If you've never been baptized before, this is your time. You should. I'll stay as long as needed to make sure everybody gets baptized who wants to be baptized. Okay? I think you're called to be a steward of his glory. The weightiness of God wants to fill you. The light of heaven wants to beam out of you so that your friends and your family, your workplace, get touched by God's love and transform for real. That hope would enter environments that are impossible. But the hooks have got to get dealt with. I'm not sure that Jesus is willing to submit his kingship to someone who's only there to get what they can get out of him. He bolted, remember? Y'all, this church, I, I am longing. This is a revival church. What that means is that his presence is here. We want people to encounter the living God and experience life eternal. I want God here. I want people to encounter him. I don't want Jesus having to bolt because we have hooks. We want him to be king, Lord. If you want to go on the God adventure, it requires the Holy Spirit. It takes God to do this. Why? Because, <laughs> because who would sign up for it otherwise? 
You're not living for this life. You're living for the next one. There's nothing of glory promised to you in this life. Like, if you want to get rich, you're going to have to die to that thing. Sorry. God might bless you so incredibly. He blessed Abraham. Abraham was rich and then became exceedingly wealthy. That's what it talks about as soon as God showed up. Now, that's awesome, but it also required Abraham everything. Like, God might bless you. I think that's amazing. In fact, if you walk in his kingdom, blessing will flow through your life. Really, truly will. Your life will get better, but not so that you can be free and do what you want to do. Even if it's the best of intentions, you want to do good. That's not the purpose. I think it's offensive that Jesus demands this out of us. I find it offensive. Anybody else find it offensive? Let me be honest. Am I offending you? You should be. I'm either offending you right now or you're not listening. You tuned out a while ago. Defensive mechanism, you know? You're like, I'm out. So they having hot dogs today? Yep. Oh, no, but it got canceled. Sorry. That God thing requires an authentic connection. The presence of God. He wants to give you a gift and an enablement granted for you to walk after him. So when he walks out on the water, you can follow. The eternal life of heaven, its supernatural power is meant to flow through your life while you are living on earth. Our world is in a critical moment and needs repair. Needs transformation. It needs supernatural intervention. And the river which flows out of the throne of God, filled with eternal life, flows into you and touches the world. This very same river is the one that is in your belly. God wants your life to be united with him. But this grafting in of your life into Jesus requires a supernatural birth. You must be born again. This is not an intellectual pursuit and it is not a belief system. You must be born again. If you want to live, then you must let your life be fully identified with Jesus. You must be baptizoed. It is the word for baptism. It's the picture of a shirt that's one color, and then it is dipped in dye, and when it comes out, it is completely changed. The old is gone. The new has emerged. It is the picture of a boat on top of the water. And when it is baptizoed, it is submerged fully, never to rise again. It is gone forever. Your old nature is to be done away with. You need to be baptizoed into Christ. How do I do that, Pastor Jamie? It takes God. And he's stirring hearts even now. It takes surrender. It's the cry of a father whose child is in demonic 
distress. And the dad goes, Jesus goes to him. It just takes faith. And he goes, I believe. Help my belief. Jesus, I want you to move in my life. And he goes, surrender. Let go of your self-importance, of the appetite for you to be somebody when you grow up. Let it go. You're much bigger than that. You know, there's a cloud of witnesses around us right now that are cheering us on right now. You uncomfortable yet? There's a cloud of witnesses. They're cheering us on from previous generations. They wanted to be a part of what God's doing in this day. This building itself is a testimony of what God did in previous generations. Speaking into, and they saw prophetically, there's, there's accounts of prayer meeting after prayer meeting in the old building of what God would do in this one coming. There's a sense of destiny on these moments in time. For such a time as this requires the vessel to be purified and he's calling to you. The Holy Spirit will impart. Your life will change forever. But you gotta let go. Gotta let the heart motive get exposed. All that means is the big yes to Jesus and the response in faith. I'm gonna ask Christine, if you're here, would you pop on up and start to play the keys for me? I absolutely, I, I was at the Brownsville Revival. You, some of you won't have any idea what that means. I, I was in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit Pensacola in the 90s and the room would become like electrified with his presence and people would become convicted to the absolute core and they'd run to the altars not in hopes that something would be accomplished but in response because they just had to do something I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right now. I'm closing the service, and I'm not pushing for anything. I just want us, I, I'm desperate for us as a church to be unified around this purpose, that he, he wants to be Lord and King. He wants to be Lord and King of your life. He wants to be Lord and King of this church, of our nation, of all this stuff, but it has to let, we have to let go of the hidden hooks and agendas. If Jesus is just King, then all these things will happen to our nation. If Jesus is just King, then all these things will happen in my life, and it's the list of all your appetites. My friend, you gotta die to that stuff. You gotta let it go. Come on. Would you do me a favor right now? Would you take your hands just to open them up and hold them before yourself? Lord Jesus, we come into your presence today. King and creator, I don't know how else to come, Lord, except to come boldly before the throne of grace today. Lord, for people today who have come seeking, Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would come and that you would touch their hearts right now and you would provide a divine enablement. Come on, would you just pray right now? Listen, guys. Those kids, they stirred me up. I heard my daughters telling testimonies of how they fell in love with Jesus as they gave their lives for those other kids. 
I long for that for you. I want our hearts to be turned, passionate for Him. The kids are leading the way. Come on, let's follow. Lord, here we are. Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would breathe on each one. All to Jesus we surrender. Is that you today? Come on, would you pray with me? Father in heaven, come on, every voice, would you pray with me this morning? Father in heaven, we acknowledge Jesus as Lord and King. And we come cast ourselves down before you. We surrender to you, Lord. All our heart intentions, our appetites and desires, we surrender them to you. Holy Spirit of God, would you enable us Jesus, we surrender to you this morning. Come on, would you just let your own words, tell your own story. Lord, I let go of my, the hidden desires, the things I want to see come, the, the trade-offs. Ah, come on, why are you at church? Are you here to be recognized by others? What's going on in you? What, why, why are you volunteering? What's that about? What's going on in our hearts? Why, why are we trying to lead worship? Why are we trying to be on stage? What's, what's going on in us? Come on, I want you to ask some deeper questions. At work, when you're performing, what's going on there? Are you serving? Are you pouring yourself out for the glory of God? Or are you trying to get something? Where's the hooks? Holy Spirit, would you expose the hooks? Holy Spirit of God, would you come? Come on, just get honest with the Lord this morning. I want you just to express yourself to him. Holy Spirit, would you come? I'm gonna open up the altars here. If there's anybody who wants to come and do some business with Jesus, I just wanna leave it open. We're not pushing for anything. I just, there's a response that's required and surrender. And so Lord Jesus, we choose this morning to surrender to you. Would you ask him the question, Holy Spirit, is there anything standing in the way of Jesus' lordship in my life? Come on, just ask him. Holy Spirit, is there anything in the way? Whatever that is, come on, would you speak it out to him? Let it go. Come on, let's do some business with the Lord this morning. He wants to light you on fire, my friends. Burn brightly. He wants to do a work in your life that would astound anybody who saw it from a distance. Holy Spirit, would you come? More, Lord. More, Lord. Jesus, we surrender to you this morning. Come and have your way, Lord. Come and have your way, Lord. Come on, I'm just going to linger for a few more moments. Is there anything standing between you and the Lord today that needs to be dealt with? Come on, if that's you, I want you to deal with it. 
Respond to him today. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you put a hand on your heart? I'm going to pray for us right now. Holy Spirit of God, would you come right now? Lord, would you pour yourself out? Pour out your spirit and empowerment. Pour out your spirit and empowerment, God. We proclaim never the same. Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit of God. There's a weightiness up here, Lord. Would you touch and move mightily. 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 Thank you, Jesus. 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 Holy Spirit, would you come? Anoint and baptize her in your spirit, God. Never the same. Never the same. Hi, what's your name? Lord Jesus, I pray right now by your spirit that you would come upon Sophia. Holy Spirit of God, that you'd overcome. You'd set her apart, Lord. You'd set her apart, Lord. Sophia, do you sing? Do you, do you enjoy singing? No. no, Father, right now, I thank you that the worship of her heart is known in heaven. The worship of this heart is known in heaven. I thank you for the purity of this heart, Lord. And Sophia, that when you sing and when you express yourself, that creativity, that thing, it brings a smile to your Father's face. It releases heaven. It touches lives. Lord, I pray that you would anoint and move so powerfully in and through her creativity, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Wherever you're at around the room, would you just put a hand on someone's shoulder? Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would move. Lord, you're marking this generation. You're marking this generation. Lord, we pray for the heavenly mark to touch, to anoint, to set them apart. We release and decree a setting apart. A setting apart. The divine touch of heaven that sets people apart. Yeah, Austin, would you help me pray here? Jesus, we mark their lives. We mark their lives. We mark their lives, never the same. Mark their lives, never the same. Never the same. Oh, the divine turnaround. The divine turnaround. You thought it was going one way and it's turned around. There's a promise of the Lord that's released over your life. His goodness, marking your life. Goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy. Holy Spirit of God, come. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. 
Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. 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 More, Lord. More, more, more. Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. I see a divine decision in your hand. Choices that need to be made and the power of God upon your life to make the God decision. Holy Spirit, I pray for wisdom. Wisdom that is unparalleled. Wisdom that that is multifaceted, that displays the light and the countenance of the Lord. Lord, your goodness be displayed through their lives, Lord, as they make decisions on your behalf. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Set apart, set apart, set apart. Transformation in the days ahead. You'll bring transformation. Thank you, Jesus. Like a judge with a righteous decision in her hand. And you speak forth, it cuts through all the nonsense and it unveils and releases the truth and helps people to be free. Thank you, God. Anoint her lips, Lord. Anoint her lips. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Is there anybody in here who's dealing with a disease that requires a miracle? You're needing the Lord to touch you and heal you. Is there anybody in here? We just want to pray for you. I'll let you go right now. I just want to make sure that we get after it. Okay. So anyway, just wave up, wave your hand. Church, you just gather around these guys. There's several. They need the Lord to touch them. And so we're going to pray for healing right now. And, and then I'll bless you and let you go there. Come on, just get around them. Make, anybody? Who else sees prayer there? Okay. Right over here, right here. Would you guys just get around them real quick? Church, would you come into agreement with this prayer right now? Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we proclaim the victory of the cross. We proclaim the victory of the cross, the fullness of healing and deliverance. We decree it in Jesus' name. We command these bodies to be healed and restored today. Disease be driven from them. Disease be driven from them. In the name of Jesus, we bring an end to this diagnosis and we command the cancer leaves the body. The nervous disorder goes away in Jesus' name. The nervous system is reset in Jesus' name. We command right now, disease, bow the knee to Jesus. Leave these bodies, be healed, be restored. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I got one last thing that's just really burning on my heart. It has to do with provision. You came in here today and you're really bummed out to find out that Jesus isn't a magical genie that's going to solve your financial problems. However, the miraculous will, he is your provider. Jehovah Jireh. Not to be spent on your wanton pleasure, but he absolutely is your provider. And if you need provision, you need a miracle when it comes to finances and provision day. We just want to release that right now as well. Would you just wave at me real quick? You just need a breakthrough there. Father, in Jesus' name, we exercise the name of the Lord, Jehovah Jireh, over their situations. Lord, that you would provide, that you would release supernaturally, Lord, the provision necessary 
you would release supernaturally the provision necessary. Father, I pray that you would put the fishing rod in their hand and go on down to the lake and catch them a fish and that resource would be released, Lord, just like you did with Peter. Father, give them a word of wisdom. The Holy Spirit's gonna give you an action step and when you do it, it's gonna unlock the provision. Father, I thank you for that. Now, Lord, we sum up these things right now in the name of Jesus and I pray for your church that you would bless them, that you would keep them, that your favor would be upon them, and that you would be gracious to them, O oh Lord, and that your peace would guard their hearts and their minds, advance your kingdom always, in the mighty name of Jesus. And anybody who dared to agree with that said, amen. Come on, can we give a good clap to the Lord today?